Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to a special season of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. Ooh. Yeah. The issues we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage. People seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. Hi, Joel. How are you doing? I am great. I'm excited. And yeah, I'm uh, feeling, feeling the tension of season seven, the, the importance of these topics. So I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Yes, we are going to step carefully and softly and in a caring fashion. Yes. Because the seriousness of these issues often results in people not hearing both sides before judging the issue. Right. So with that said, we encourage you to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves. Also, in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself, we highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that are referenced during this episode. Yeah, these are all topics that have been debated at length. Mm -hmm. The reason they have and continue to be debated is because traditional debates do not work. Debates pit two sides against each other. Each side is concerned with only trying to prove their own point, often becoming overly emotional about the topic, even triggering. Instead of trying to learn something new and find out how they could be wrong, when it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves deeper into what they already believe. Yeah, I mean, we saw with the previous six seasons that each issue has two perspectives. These two perspectives actually distract people from the ultimate answer. We called those perspectives that distract the strict and the loose side of the argument. Joel, could you give us um, an overview of the strict and loose side so that we can refocus again? Yeah, what we can expect from the distracting point of view is we the strict perspective, this side invites and initiates conflict on these topics. This side tends to be a bully. Okay. Using intimidation as a tactic to control people. Mm. They hold people to strict standards in which they rationalize away any need that they would have to hold themselves to the same standard. These people become hypocrites like the Pharisees when they are confronted and respond by justifying why they can hold others to a higher standard than they hold themselves. Then the loose perspective, this side avoids conflict and avoids tension as much as possible. The standards they hold themselves to are based on how they and others feel leaving them with no objective measures for what the moral answer is. 
this side tends to be an enabler, removing any discomfort brought on by confrontation. These people show they don't actually care for others when they avoid confronting people who are in pain for their own benefit. Amazing. I love it. So bullies and enablers. Bullies and enablers. (laughs) Bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. Yes. Well, the number one technique we're going to use throughout this season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making my point. Oh, isn't that cool? That's fantastic. I love it. I know. It sounds so easy, but it is not. Mm -hmm. It's not. So it is the only way to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to listen to the other side once they know they've been heard. Mm -hmm. So actually sitting with someone, repeating back to them, to their satisfaction, what they believe, instead of just jamming your opinion down their throat or what you believe. Right. Or instead of enabling them or just simply agreeing, mm-hmm. we need to be able to hold their perspective and repeat it back to them to their satisfaction. Yeah, Debating would actually be a benefit if this was the guiding principle that the debating mediators followed. So if the debating yeah. mediators are going, can you repeat back to this person to their satisfaction what they just said? Yeah, that'd be oh. a huge benefit. Debating that, would be different. It, it would be a completely different. But yeah. when we think of debate, we think of two people yelling and screaming at each other and overwhelming the other person. Right. So we will focus on understanding each side first. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. So Joel, with that said, what is the topic that we are going to discuss today? The topic we're going to discuss today is LGBTQ+. So for clarity, allow me to break down this acronym. LGBTQ+, stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. The Q is either queer or sometimes questioning. And the plus is essentially like, etc representing any other way that a person could categorize themselves within this community. Excellent. So what is the strict side of the topic? The strict side would say something to the effect of homosexuality is a sin. Mm -hmm. God doesn't make mistakes. If you are born a male, then you are a male. So Joel, allow me to repeat that perspective back to you. The strict side says homosexuality is a sin. God doesn't make mistakes. If you're born a male, then you are a male. Joel, did I repeat that back to you to your satisfaction? Are you satisfied? I am satisfied with that. Thank you. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the loose perspective. Joel, what's the loose side of the topic? The loose side would say something to the effect of, well, everyone ought to do what they feel is right, and everyone else ought to let them do it. Okay, so allow me to repeat that perspective back to you. So people ought to, this is what the loose perspective believes, is that everyone ought to do what they feel is right, and everyone else 
ought to let them do it. Like essentially saying live and let live. You live your life. I live my life. You do what you feel is right. I do what I feel is right. Does that, do you feel satisfied? Do I understand you? Yeah, I'm satisfied. I feel heard. And I actually like what you did there too, because although you absolutely can repeat back to me what I said word for word and how I said it (laughs) verbatim, verbatim. like I, and seriously, you can, and I appreciate that. But another method in which I like what you did with the loose side is you internalized it and repeated back in different words, the same meaning, which still did the same thing. It still caused me to feel settled. So, you know, this, this could be a good thing for people to understand. Like you don't need to memorize what I say, but, and that's why we say, do, did I repeat back to you to your satisfaction? What we're saying there is not, did I repeat back to you word for word? We're saying, are you satisfied? Do I understand you is really the question we're asking. Totally. I appreciate that. I do feel understood. I feel heard. Definitely more than satisfied. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. So I want to summarize the damage here. So the strict side judges the LGBTQ plus community as sinners. While the loose side actually enables people by focusing only on helping people feel good in the moment. Yeah, that's great. That's okay. a great summary. So these are the sides that we're talking about. This is the strict and the loose side. Yeah. So Joel, how would you argue for the strict side? So arguing for the strict side. So this side would state that the Bible clearly expresses that homosexuality is a sin. For instance, Leviticus 18.22 says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. First Timothy 1.10 says, For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So there's a couple Bible verses that if I was arguing for the strict side that I would use that says, the Bible clearly states this is a sin. And if I'm on the strict side, a way that I could argue against the loose perspective would be to say something like, you know, the sex or gender or sexual orientation of a person is not their identity. And I could even say, you know what? Maybe you should listen to the Motivational Spiritual Gifts episode, season four, episode 13, because that's where your identity lies. Hmm. This side could also ask the following questions of the loose side. Are you causing more damage by allowing people to make decisions about their gender and sexual orientation, especially at such a young age? Or maybe something like, Will you admit you hurt people when these people end up worse off? So that would be how I'd argue if I was arguing for the strict side. Okay. So you had several perspectives to back up that point. Now, how would you argue for the loose side? Now, on the loose side, I would explain if I was arguing for it, 
Jonathan, we're just trying to live our own truth. Sure. We were born this way. I might even say, you know, the early church welcomed non-gender conforming people. One of the first recorded baptisms by the apostles was of an Ethiopian eunuch. You'd read Acts 8.27. And you can even see in Matthew 19.12 that God makes some people eunuchs. Now, also, if I was on the stri- on the loose side, I could argue against the strict side with perspectives such as, well, just like heterosexual people, the LGBTQ plus community are born this way. And when it comes to sexual confusion, which one example of that is somebody born a hermaphrodite, you know, having both male and female reproductive organs. It is true that some people are born this way, and it is true that it's not God's fault. If I'm on this side, I might even say, hey, maybe you should see the God's Will series start in season five, episode 11. And then also, Romans chapter one has liars in the same category as homosexuals. How do you treat liars? Hmm. Are you a hypocrite? Which then that kind of feeds into some of the questions that the loose side could ask the strict side. What is your definition of homosexuality? And then if and when they can't define it, ask them why they're talking about something they can't define. Here's another one. Are you unable to reach a person who is transsexual or anyone in the LGBTQ plus community? Or is God telling you not to reach a person who is part of the LGBTQ plus community? So those, again, would be some of the ways I'd argue for the loose side and even against the strict side, if I was on the loose side of the argument. Excellent. So now let's talk about the ultimate answer. What is the ultimate answer, Joel? The ultimate answer, well, big picture, our answer is leadership grace, and love, with an emphasis on Paul's approach as shared in the Season 7 supplementary episode. We need to know whether we are talking to a believer or an unbeliever. We need to know whether we are talking to someone who is strong in the faith or weak in the faith. We don't want to cause a believer to stumble, and we want to reach the unbeliever for God. So let's break down these three principles, leadership, grace, and love. Leadership. We ought to seek to understand the other person's perspective. With this topic, we can start with making sure we understand each other's definitions of the key words we're using, such as sin, homosexuality, identity, nature, truth, etc. Nice. And then with grace and love, ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that person. Grace and love are key to avoiding enabling and key to avoiding judging the other person with the hopes of winning them. So I would have, for the ultimate answer, mm-hmm. I would encourage people to listen to the Grace and Love episodes, Season 2, Episode 13, and Season 1, Episode 15, respectively. 
Now, when it comes to this specific topic, I'd like to offer a perspective you may not have thought of. I asked the following four questions to every person. While they are most effective helping religious people interacting with people of the LGBTQ plus community, these four questions do apply to everyone. So number one, do you hate God? So the reason why we ask this, Romans 1 sees hating God as the cause and one of the effects of hating God is homosexuality. Now, that doesn't mean every homosexual hates God. However, from my experience, about half of the homosexuals I've talked to do hate God because they want a family and they believe God made them in a way that prevents them having a family or God created them in a way that has resulted in their being bullied and abused right, and right. maybe discommunicated from their from their own families. Mm-hmm. If a homosexual hates God, that is their biggest issue, not their homosexuality. And I believe you ought to stop talking to them about being a homosexual or in the LGBTQ plus community at all and start talking about their hating God. That's the issue that should be addressed. Yeah. Now, if they don't hate God, then you move on to question number two. Well, will you do what God leads you to do? And as we know, this can be summed up as biblical grace. Grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. If a homosexual is not willing to do what God leads them to do, then that is their biggest problem. And I believe you ought to stop talking to them about being LGBTQ plus and start talking to them about their not doing what God leads them to do. (laughs) How is this question not? I mean, this is for everybody, right? Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do you hate God? What? Uh, will you do what God leads you to do? And wow. that, so, and if your answer to that, so now if your answer to that's yes, I'll do what God yeah. will lead me to do. Then you ask number three, what is God leading you to do? Again, these are questions that we should all be answering, right? No kidding. No but kidding. they do, they do help what, what they're helping, especially the religious people and the religious authorities do is get out of the context of what they think is the problem and getting them to what they should really be focused on. Really, it's a dissolve approach. It is, yeah. So if they say, no, I don't hate God, and if they say, yeah, I'm willing to do what he's telling me to do, then we say, okay, well, what is God leading you to do? Now, this is the hammer question. Whenever you disagree with someone's behavior, ask them if God is leading them to do that behavior. If they say yes, Leave them alone immediately. Either God did tell them and you want to get out of the way. Or God didn't tell them and they're going to be coming back to you in the next 24 hours to qualify their answer. Now, if they don't know what God is leading them to do, then they aren't listening because God is constantly leading everyone. And that is their biggest problem. They're not listening, or maybe they just aren't able to hear from God. 
which that would be their biggest problem. If they are being led, if it's God, it ought to be something that kills their flesh. They could say, yeah, God is leading me to stopping smoking or to addressing my gambling problem or my drinking problem or my temper, my triggers, any of these animal thought process issues. It is possible God would want the homosexual or anyone in the LGBTQ plus community to deal with an issue other than their homosexuality. Notice this question can also be put onto the pastor who comes after the LGBTQ plus community. Pastor, did God lead you to speak against homosexuals? Now, the pastor is likely going to qualify and justify his response. Right. Furthermore, it's interesting because this question even works with atheists. Even atheists intrinsically know that lying about being led by God when you are doing something wrong is going to result in a world of hurt. <laughs> Again, proving these questions apply to everybody, even if you don't believe in God. But again, now, if God is leading the homosexual towards something other than dealing with their homosexuality, then you could ask number four, are you doing what God is leading you to do? If they aren't, then that is their biggest problem, not their homosexuality. If they are, then give up control and trust that God will eventually deal with them with what God knows the person needs to deal with. Notice, if we're asking people of the LGBTQ plus community these questions, we ought to be answering them for ourselves first. 100%. Every, every Christian ought to be able to answer these four questions, especially leaders. Well, that's their brand, right? Right. I am doing what God is leading me to do. Yep. Yep. And especially if you're going to ask these questions of someone else. So those are the four questions that I love teaching people. This is usually where I go to anytime I have somebody come to me and say, hey, there's this person I know. They're in the LGBTQ plus community. How do I address it? What do I do? It, this is where I start. Nice. It's like, you really want to help them? In the Dissolve episode from season five, one of the things we learned is when you address a symptom or an effect or an issue head on in one step, it makes it worse. Totally. And that is one of the reasons I think most people in the LGBTQ plus at some time in their life have felt disconnected from the people that are meant to care for them the most. It's because people aren't addressing this topic in the way God would want us to. So yeah, that would be my ultimate answer for you. It really comes down to leadership, grace, and love. Excellent. So ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to lead the other person by taking direction from God via grace in order to love them. Grace and love are the key to avoid enabling 
and key to avoiding judging the other person with the hopes of winning them. Because grace, you know, God's influence and and love giving without expecting, these things are caring but confrontational. Yeah. With either side. And as always, we're we're trying to hear people. Our right. first step is to hear. So as for the specifics of this topic, I could ask these four questions that help everyone regardless of what an issue or their issue might be. Number one, do you hate God? Number two, will you do what God leads you to do? Number three, what is God leading you to do? And number four, are you doing what God is leading you to do? Do you feel heard, Joel? I feel heard. That was definitely to my satisfaction. Thank you for repeating back the answer. Well, thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study on the topic and how to deal with people who either bully or enable in this issue, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.